0: All right, all those who are kindergarten through fifth grade, uh, you can make your way to the front here, line up, and prepare to go down with your teacher. Those who are, is it three, three, fours, and five-year-olds? Hi, Eddie. Three, four, and five-year-olds, if you'd make your way to the back, you'd go back with your teacher. All right. Let me remind you, I I know that sometimes I forget to to, uh, point out the communion that's available. We do that immediately after the the message this morning. If you failed or didn't see that or you weren't reminded, uh, I just want to let you know that they could run back and get that now as as we begin, uh, because directly afterwards, we're going to partake together. Uh, So if you didn't have that opportunity to grab it then, you could grab that now. Uh, Lynn and I have uh, started watching season eight of Alone, and and I know I've I've mentioned that before. Uh, it so happens to be a show that we enjoy watching. There's some of those programs we enjoy watching together. We've enjoyed watching this program called Alone. It is a reality show on History Channel, and we watched a couple episodes this week. We've enjoyed it. If you if you haven't watched it, uh, uh, basically what it is is they take ten people. They take them into a remote, uh, desolate area, no, unpopulated, uh, and and they sit them out in different areas, in, in you know, in in large area, and each person in, in different areas, uh, and they are alone. They they're able to choose ten items, and they are to survive as long as possible. the uh, The one who wins is, is the last one uh, that that is out there. Uh, Everybody has that opportunity if things get real bad, circumstances get sick, uh, have any kind of troubles of any kind, they're able with a device to push a button and talk to say, come get me, I want to go home, you know, that kind of thing. So uh, the one who's left out there uh, is is the winner. And so uh, now they just don't choose anybody. You know, they do randomly go to Walmart and pick a couple people there and say, hey, we want to take you out and be in a desolate place where there's elements are tough and you could be eaten by a bear or a mountain lion or other kinds of predatory animals. Um, You know, and and I got to be honest with you, I don't sit there. When I was younger, maybe in my teens or my 20s, I might have said, I would like to try that. I might have gone that far. But here at my age right now, I am okay watching this program in my comfortable chair with a blanket, uh, snacks over on this side, and, and, and something to drink, right? And my wife on this side. So I, I enjoy it that way. Because uh, I, like, I like safety and comfort. Hey, a lot of you are with me on that, right? The safety and comfort's a good thing. Matter of fact, if, if I were to describe the church that I'm most familiar with here in the States, I would say safety and comfortable, co- Safety and comfort are, are the two ways I would describe it. You know, what we've known or what I've, I've witnessed predominantly throughout my life is, is we've been able to worship in freedom and pretty much in safety and comfort. I mean, we've always had heating and air conditioning and, and the pews you're sitting on have cushions there's a reason for the cushion, right? We want you real comfortable. Not too comfortable, though, because, yeah, sleep will come so much easier during this time. But anyway, uh, I, I do believe that describes. We have not, as a church here at, within the states, within America, really faced the things of persecution and death. the, the Those threats. There has been, pers- I've, I've talked to some people or have mentioned that before, and there are some folks who come up and say, you know, there are things that I'm facing at work because of my faith in Christ. Maybe I don't get the promotion. Perhaps I am ridiculed and, and man, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, the low person and, and you know, name calling and, and I'm treated different than everybody else because I have a faith in Christ. I've, I've heard Testimonies from people who say, you know, there is a persecution that they are facing because of their faith. The reason I'm bringing that up is, is because the church that we're looking at today in Revelation is Smyrna. Smyrna. We're, we're going through those seven churches that's, that, that's throughout Asia that Jesus had a specific message to in the book of Revelation. Okay? Uh, chapter 1 was that identifying of the, the lampstands, each representing the church, and the one who is walking amongst them, which we've identified as Jesus. And so today, uh, that, if you want to turn to your, your scriptures, it's Revelation chapter 2, uh, beginning in verse 8 and through verse 11. Jesus has a message to this church in Smyrna. Uh, let's, let's listen to what he has to say. Verse 8. To the angel of the church in Smyrna write, these are the words of him who is the first and the last who died and came to life again. Again, identifying Jesus. Verse 8, the first and the last. Identifying with deity. You know He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Here it says he is the first and the last. But as a part of the deity, this is also Jesus. Why? Because it says who was dead and and now is alive again, right? And we know that to be Jesus, who faced the who was laid in the tomb and raised on the third day. So Jesus is speaking, and here's what he says, verse nine: I know your afflictions and your poverty, yet you are rich. I know about the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you the devil will put some of you in prison to test you, and you will suffer persecution for 10 days. Be faithful even to the point of death, and I will give you life as your uh, I will give you life as your victor's crown. Whoever has ears let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. The one who is victorious will not be hurt at all by the second death. In this passage, well, it's speaking about this city, Smyrna. Let me me just do some details that we know of concerning Smyrna. Smyrna was north of Ephesus. Ephesus was a port city, but so was Smyrna. And we're we're talking maybe about 30 miles uh, away from, from Ephesus. Smyrna being a port city was a very aff- affluential city, uh, lots of commerce, uh, so it's it a very wealthy city. It's also figured maybe a, a guesstimate of about 200,000 people. How do they figure that? Well, in archeological digs, the, the extent, the, the width, the uh, the buildings and everything that's there, you could kind of have a good rough estimate as to how many people were there. Uh, figuring to be during that time of the church during the time of revelation or, or that this was being written uh, it was known as a, as a place of education specifically even in that area of medicine uh, Smyrna was was therefore a very popular uh, area or city it, it was focused it is is one that was very focused upon Rome as as the governing gov- I mean Rome, Governed a lot of the territory, definitely through all the cities. But Smyrna was not glib about it. They weren't, they weren't frustrated by it at all. They loved Rome. Matter of fact, therefore, one of the things that they worshipped in Smyrna was emperor worship. That was important to them. Uh, and I'm sure there were others, others uh, gods that were worshipped there as well. But the greatest focus was upon emperor worship. It was also... And I believe there's a couple things we find out from this passage. It was was also a large uh, influential community of Jews in this area uh, of, of Smyrna. Plus, what we definitely know because of the direct message to Smyrna is that the church is under persecution in Smyrna. And that's where we go. The message that Jesus has is to these believers because they're going through troubles. So we think, okay... Here's what Jesus has to say. It's going to be words of encouragement, and I, I definitely believe that's, that's exactly what he's, he's saying here. There's encouraging words He's laying out for this church that's facing such persecution. Therefore, I, I, what I think is what I read through there, what, what I read through is kept on what I see are the encouraging things. There's things that, that, uh, um, that, that we gain as we stand. On the faith that we have. Our faith in Christ. There are gains. There are positive gains that we have. So that's where I would like to direct our focus. Especially what Jesus says here. Jesus begins his statement to the church by saying. I know your afflictions. First of all that's encouraging isn't it? For for Jesus to say I know what you're going through. He, he's not oblivious to it. We don't have to call uh, his attention, Jesus. Do you see what's going on in my life? Do you see what troubles I'm facing? To the church, it's encouraging. To the church in Smyrna, because of the afflictions and the poverty and the and the persecution that's coming, it's good to know Jesus has His eyes on the church. Um. And, and it, what he says, I, I know your afflictions and your poverty, he says, yet you are rich. That's a, that's a powerful statement. And so therefore, the first point I want to make this morning is there are riches even in the midst of poverty. Uh, for, to people of faith, we're, we're familiar with riches that has nothing to do with this world, aren't we? Aren't we? Uh, following Jesus is the reason the church in Smyrna faced affliction and poverty. It was because of their faith, it was because of their following after Christ that they faced these afflictions and this poverty. The city of Smyrna, again, uh, was an affluential city and it offered good things. It offered wealthy, uh, worldly riches, number one. Again, I say it was a city of commerce, you know, lots of trading and things going on there. It, was, it also gave security and permanence. I, I should say a false sense of security and permanence because the truth is they were on shaky ground in, in, in relationship with God absolutely on shaky ground it was uh, it was matter of fact it was slander from the Jews that created the trouble for the believers it, it's believed especially as Jesus points this out he said I know the slander that's being spoken by those who claim to be Jews but they're not First of all, they they claim to. Who who is that? Couple, couple ideas here. Though they were Jews, uh, they were actually Gentiles who claimed to be Jews, who were worshiping, you know, God in their own way. Uh, But, but it's even better believed that because we see it in the New Testament that the Jews, like in the in the the story throughout Acts, you go through the history of Acts and see the troubles that the Jews brought to those who were preaching Christ. Or in that passage of Galatians where Paul had to say, hey, listen, Uh, don't listen to those uh, Judaizers who are coming back and telling you, you need to observe the law. You were were saved by grace. You know, there was trouble from the Jews there. It's believed that these were actually descendants of Abraham, who would be called the Jews. But in Paul's own definition, those who were true Jews were those who put their faith in Jesus. who who had received the Holy Spirit, which is now the new identity of the believer. The Spirit in me identifies me as as that child of God. Before, it was through the blood of Abraham, right? And it was through the mark of of, uh, circumcision that they would identify to be Jews. So the real true Jews are those who have identified through Jesus Christ and are now uh, the true children of God. So these are are claiming to be Jews who have rejected Jesus are casting slanderous accusations about the believers in the community. Uh, And and real familiar, the early church, what are some of the slanderous things being said about the church? Uh, One thing, believe it or not, is they were accused of being atheists. They're accused of being, they don't believe in God. Why? Because when it came to the, the temple that they had erected and, and, and giving offerings towards the emperor, guess who didn't show up? The Christians. They weren't there for any festivals or, or anything in observance, to, observance to, the, uh, uh, to the emperor or any other gods. Therefore, they were atheists. They were unbelievers and, and predominantly the gods of that community. So they were called atheists and even worse, they were called cannibals. Why would they be called cannibals? You see, as they had their meetings and they gathered together, they would do what they observed to be, or they would observe the, the Lord's Supper, where Jesus quite clearly said, you know, hey, take eat this this is my body, which which suffered for you, and and, and take this cup which is my blood, the uh, blood of the covenant. And so they were partaking in the body and blood of Jesus. We call that communion today. It was that time. So, so when we say there, there is a, a slanderous things being said, these are the things that were being spread around. Man, they, they're atheists. They're not with us in who, who uh, we're observing to be God. And also they're cannibals. Can you believe that? And therefore, they, the slanderous things being said, they were, they were separated in the community, pointed out, and, and, and uh, treated poorly because of that. It, it did have an effect upon their ability uh, to earn a living. It, it had an effect on their ability to earn a living. Therefore, they were living in poverty. And, and though they lived in material poverty, they were rich. They were rich. I, I, man, we, we've got to hold on to that and understand what they're talking about. It's, it's not, again, an earthly wealth... But it is a heavenly wealth. Jesus talked about that in Matthew six twenty. Matter of fact, he told the disciples, those who were listening to him, in Matthew twenty, he says, "Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and and venom, or vermin, do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal." Uh, I, get this idea: don't store up for things, you know, don't store up for yourselves things here on earth. Because that's the perspective we have. You know, getting close to retirement, it is all about gathering. I'm going to gather, get my accounts, get things built up in order for me to uh, live without that regular paycheck. So it's all about gathering. And and so in a worldly perspective, we know what gathering is. You know, I want to collect some things, gold and silver. I hear by commercials, that's the way to go. Others will tell me, you know, invest in this program or whatever. Uh, You know, invest, 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 gather, 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 bring it in. That's it. But Jesus says to to, uh, store up things for yourself in heaven. How do you do that? How do you do that? I do believe it's not that idea of bring stuff to me. I think it really is living outwardly. It has everything to do with loving, serving kingdom and investing in it. And so it doesn't mean gathering, living, luxurious lives at all. It means more that idea of investing in those things that, that we deem uh, more valuable than silver and gold, the things of love, the things of faith, the things of trusting and putting our confidence in God. Absolutely. Jesus was the, 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 the greatest treasure for the people of Smyrna. Jesus was the greatest treasure. And, and, and matter of fact, even to the point of, yeah, they're going to go through poverty. They're going to throw, go through troubles because uh, uh, Jesus is that great value for them. They chose to store up things for themselves in heaven and, and follow after Jesus. Is that clear? Isn't that clear? Uh, and, and, and that's who you are. In Christ, the following and, and, and thinking this is where I want to invest is that life in Jesus Christ the second positive gain that, that I believe we pull out of the scripture is this that there is faith instead of fear there is faith instead of fear uh, this, this is i mean, reading through here again Jesus is encouraging the church in Smyrna because they're facing troubles right well Jesus' message to Smyrna, Smyrna is there's more trouble coming. How encouraging is that? Instead of saying, hey, listen, I know you're in poverty, but wealth is coming. Or I, I, I know that you're facing afflictions, but guess what? I'm going to make you healthy. And, and guess what? Peace is coming tomorrow. That wasn't Jesus' message at all. It wasn't his message at all. A, instead, it was, hey, listen, you're going to face suffering." And, it's going to, and and there's going to be 10 days of it, pretty intensive suffering. It's going to include imprisonment for some of you and death. Again, is this encouraging to the church of Smyrna? Well, what, what is he saying? Well, it, it is, man, it is that idea of brace yourselves, isn't it? And, and, and matter of fact, his word, his very message is simple. And it was not in the face of fear, hey, go hide. It wasn't that. It wasn't dig a hole in the ground and hide, nor was it run away. It wasn't that. In verse 10, he clearly says something very simple do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Don't panic. Don't, don't, uh, uh, you know, uh, don't get, don't get anxious, you know. Just brace yourself. Here it comes. That I, I believe that's the message. Uh, you know, the world around us is really good at panic. Have you noticed? <laughs> Very positive response from you all. You you identify that, and panic is never good, even for a believer. Now, believers, definitely, we could get caught up into panic. And I, I believe that, if, man, when we do, we need to turn and remember what we are supposed to do. Trust. Put our confidence in God. Met, you know, Especially Matthew 6, I, I love that passage where Jesus just clearly says, Hey, put your confidence in me. And before that, he says, Hey, listen, don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, you know, and, and, and don't worry about those things. Uh, you know, every day is going to have trouble of its own. Matter of fact, within that passage, he says the same thing. But trust in me, trust, trust in God. Again, Jesus has his eyes upon us. He has his eyes upon the church. He knows what we're going through. He knows what's coming. And, and basically the message when you're facing troubles, what's, what's his message to you? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. It is, it is faith instead of fear. I, I like that. I like that. Because we are facing more and more troubles as this life goes on. I was going to say, you know, as, as there are slanderous things being thrown in the, in the way of, uh, of the, the, the church in Smyrna, there are slanderous things being said about the church. And, and I see more of a possibility of a growing persecution for the church on the rise. And it, 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 it is through the slanderous accusation that you are hateful people. Isn't it? It is, it is through the slanderous accusation that you are hateful people. And so the possibility for persecution to rise uh, in the church is, is, is I, I, I see it. It is today possible. So what would Jesus' message be for the church? Don't be afraid. I, I think throughout the scriptures, it, it's clear it says, "Hey, you man, you're going to follow after Jesus. What was it? He said to the disciples pick up what? Pick up your pillow and your blanket and and a nice cushy sleeping bag and and, and or, or bring along your recliner, you know, one of those things. No, it it was, you know, pick up your cross and follow me. Does that sound like a life of ease with lots of, you know, safety and security? No, not at all. But don't forget where the treasure is. The treasure is in following after Jesus. Jesus is the treasure. Jesus is the treasure. There is no reason to be afraid. Finally, let me get to this point. Finally, in death there will be victory. Woo-hoo, that's, that's the best news. The worst thing in the world is death. I mean, a disease and everything leads to death, but the worst, the end, that's that ending scenario where, where yeah, we're dead, and, and that's the end of all things. But in our scriptures, Paul especially, in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, if you want to read through that later, write that down, read through it, but uh, just glossing through it. Uh, Paul talks about the resurrection. He says, "You know, here here we are, uh, mortal. that death is is the passing in immortality. that that perishable that we now are living in, that's passing death is that passing into the imperishable. and and the the key verses that that's a part of that, he says, Where O death is your victory? Where O death is your sting' The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. Man, that's the curse the world is under, right? But Jesus came. It says, but thanks be to God, he gave us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of Jesus, that ultimate death, that dying before God, man, that's been removed. And and there is an eternal life yet ahead. Riches. Riches. Just right there. It's all found in Jesus. In this city of Smyrna, this this revelation is being written about them. And some years after this was written, uh, Polycarp, who was an early church father, was denounced uh, to the government. He was arrested and tried on the courage or on the charge of being a Christian. When the proconsul urged him to to save his life by cursing Christ, his reply was this. Eighty-six years I have served him, and he never did me any wrong. How could I blaspheme my king who saved me? And he was martyred. He he was sacrificed, or, or executed, I should say executed. He lost his life. What did he say? Here, here are the words they said before. He said, "I bless you that you have thought me worthy of this day and hour, to be numbered among the martyrs and share in the cup of Christ, for resurrection to eternal life, for soul and body in the incorruptibility of the Holy Spirit. Among them may I be accepted before you today as a rich and acceptable sacrifice." What was his prayer? oh God, help me, protect me. No, it was God was, man, I praise you for this wonderful privilege of having my life taken for the sake of Jesus. Woo, I find that absolutely wonderful. Man, if, if ever I faced that, I would love to have the courage just to give God praise for this opportunity. Does that make sense? Oh God, praise you for the opportunity that I could die for this gospel. I could die for the Savior who who led the way for me, who was the example, who gave his life for me. He deserves it all, didn't he? He deserved it all for what he did for us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, let me tell you about the book of Revelation before we close this up. This book of Revelation—it it seems like when troubles come and we face, boy, that's where we turn to. Oh, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? This book was written to people under persecution. Th- this book was written by a man who was being persecuted. He was on—you know—he was—he was, he was uh, isolated on a, on the on the island of Patmos because of his faith. And that's where we receive these these revelations. And throughout, you could read there's places where people who have been martyred, and and the great glorious welcoming into glory, you know how how they are welcomed into glory. And and man, and it, it's an encouragement. Overall, the message. I, I mean, overall, the things of the dragon, uh, the the. The uh, uh, beast that's mentioned there and the terrible, awful things that are happening. The great conclusion of it is very simple. God wins. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you on that. It, it is an encouragement to people to say, hey, listen. What the, 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 the things that you're investing in when it comes to heaven, it is worth everything. It is worth your investing to to have that security in what Jesus has set for you, to live for him, not to be worried about gather, 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 mine, mine, mine. It is all about living for him, spreading that gospel message. What a treasure is that, right? Don't hold that. You, You need to, you know, Proclaim that. Let people know that gospel message so others could invest and understand what they have through Jesus Christ. I I don't know what tomorrow's gonna bring. I I do believe that there's gonna be, well, one thing we can be sure of, trouble is coming. In, In various forms, trouble's coming. That's just our life. Trouble is coming. And Jesus says, don't be afraid because where you're investing is glorious and it's secured, not not uh, insured by FDIC. Okay, it's not. Don't be concerned about that. But it's assured by the God who created everything. I'm good with that. I'm good with that and excited about that. The question is: Will you stand faithful for Jesus? Will you stand faithful for Him? These are the uh, gains that we had. Let me review them again. Riches through material poverty. Man, we're rich even though we might be poor or facing difficulties. Man, there's, there's riches. And therefore, man, there's a joy in our life no matter what we face. There's faith instead of fear that we could hold on to and be confident in, a firm foundation to stand upon. There's victory over death. There's victory over death. Jesus led the way. Jim Reeves, I, I just want to read this. I'm not going to sing this. At times I get inspired and I sing. But I'm not going to sing. I'm going to read these words. And I, I hear some thank yous in there, some amens. But anyway, I'm not going to venture in there. But here's, I think they're very key words. He said, I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather be his than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or land. Yes, I'd rather be led by his nail-pierced hand than to be the king of a vast domain and to be held in sin's dread sway. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise you. We thank you for Jesus. Lord, the message we hold on to is, is your son coming into this world to pay the price for our sinfulness upon the cross. Father, He is our treasure today. He's where we place our confidence, our faith. He's how we proceed in this life. Father, uh, not with fear, but through faith. Through a confidence that, Lord, you're in control over all that we see in this world, even through the difficulties, Lord, we are able to trust you. And we give you praise for the the things that that we see is is our greatest treasure. There are things of your kingdom, the things of of Jesus and your Holy Spirit, the things of the fruit that come from the Spirit, love, joy, peace, all, all the things that's laid out. We give you praise today because of this great treasure that we've been given. Lord, help us to invest. Help us to live in a way that is going to be beneficial always to Jesus, to his kingdom. And Father, we just give you praise this morning for sending him and making this salvation available to us all. God, we praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.